1: One Astro Boy. One blackjack. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer.
0: I'm your other host, Eric Z. Good night, professional artist and illustration nerd.
1: And we are the Hansel Boys Comics. How are you? Home for your news review slightly, antagonistic banter, and much much more. This is episode two hundred and fifteen. Eric, how are you?
0: I'm alright. You're alright? Mm-hmm. Here's con coming up. It is.
1: Getting them stickers ready.
0: Stickering it up.
1: We'll be discussing some Astro Boy later on, if our intro is not hint enough. Discuss the the trick that Dark Horse pulled on us. <laughs> oh, Texica from the from his he's dead and he's pulling tricks on us.
0: Mm-hmm. He's a he's a trickster.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. Before that though, you know what we have to talk about.
0: Um comic books? That's
1: right! Ding 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 ding. You win the prize.
0: Is the prize talking about comic books? The prize
1: is talking about comic books. It is, Tom, for Floppy's Fortnightly. Floppy's Fortnightly is where Eric and I will read a selection <laughs> of the past couple weeks' books. Uh, tell you to buy or do not buy them. We have a super-sized selection this week. I just Too many books that I I needed to, to get Eric's opinion on. It's very mm, important. It's
0: so critical.
1: <laughs> very important. And for you, the listener, to hear, honestly. Mm-hmm. Our first book of the week is Cloak and Dagger, number one, written by Dennis Hopeless, Pencils David Messina, Elisabetta D'Amico, Colors Giada Marchesio, Letters Travis Lanham. This is like a surprise Cloak and Dagger book. It was, mm-hmm. it was digital only, so no solicitation, just suddenly, hey, there's a book out, it's Cloak and Dagger, you remember them? They have a TV show now, we made a comic book. I've not watched the show yet, though, I am curious. It's on Freeform, whatever that is.
0: What Freeform?
1: That is the name of the platform that the Cloak and Dagger television show is on.
0: Oh God!
1: They decided CISO was not did not fail enough, so they had to launch another platform that will fail harder.
0: mm Hmm. Could we give it a dumber name, maybe? I would. I think Freeform is better than CISO at least. I don't know. There was definitely a trend where everything is just like, give it a stupid name. Well, Hulu's not a good name, but it's still surviving. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, what's a Kodak that's been a a model for years? Make up some dumb shit and call your product that.
1: So, Cloak and Dagger, it's a comic book.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Starring uh, Natalie Dormer.
1: I was going to (laughs) say. Dagger, yeah, is at times straight up just Natalie Darmer uh Mm -hmm. so cloak and dagger split up for this book they are friendship and relationship over dagger is a freelancer cloak is just a creep that just (laughs) hangs around and stares at her
0: that's that always kind of has been his mo he's weird guy he is he is quite talk doesn't he isn't he supposed to have a stutter or something what am I thinking of I don't think so hmm I don't, I don't, that does not ring
1: any bells for me.
0: I feel like there's something that he didn't speak a lot. I don't know who I'm thinking of. It probably isn't him.
1: But now we have Dagger as like a weird police consultant person and Cloak as a weirdo that might be murdering people with his cloak powers, mm-hmm. his dark dimension.
0: I I don't know. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I I enjoy it. I think it's, I'd call it better than fine. I I like when Dennis Hopeless does comics. It's good. I'm
1: I'm a fan of generally of of Hopeless.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you know that's not really his real name?
1: You would I would never have guessed that.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you know Goodnight really is mine?
1: I I'm yes I'm pretty I'm pretty sure unless your brother
0: decides you guys <laughs> unless you guys like, it's a conspiracy, man. You guys are like a meeting, yeah. and you're like all right our our real last name is soros <laughs> and you're like let's have a better name we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're also gonna the one of those frogs
1: one of the uh one of these uh feds is definitely rihanna as well
0: i just want to point that out oh nice is that who that yeah it, okay it definitely looks like rihanna to oh me. god yeah there there she is this this person needs to use some different references references yeah like it's a little too obvious like, particularly, like, a bunch of the straight-on pictures of Dagger look just, like, exactly like Natalie Dormer, because every picture of a famous person is taken directly dead on them.
1: hmm <laughs> No one else, like, no one on Earth, really, you don't get candids of pictures like Mm-mm. that, but... Uh, I think, like, I like it well enough, I just, it doesn't feel... Like, I think part of the charm for me for a lot of these kind of sea level characters, you know, Black Bolt was the same way for a long time, and then Inhumans got their flashlight shined on them, uh, is that they're kind of weirdos. You know, it's very strange. Cloak and Dyer, like, I, I think I mentioned this in our Secret Empire episode, where, like, they disappear. <laughs> they're just, they're around, and then, like, immediately they become very important in some big event. Like civil war cloak was super important because he could teleport people, and then suddenly in Secret Empire, Dagger is fighting off like darkness for the entire city of New York. Now they're back to just being like street level people. I uh, I I think my main complaint is I like the 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 this mystery seems to be built around the is cloak killing people thing, and. I just can't buy it. Like, I don't think Cloak's killing people. I don't. I feel like it is obviously yeah. a misdirection, and we're. Mm-hmm. It's, they're,
0: it's too red of a red herring.
1: Yeah, they're going to figure out there's someone else with the same kind of access to his, the dark dimension, and they're yeah. the person doing it.
0: Well, I mean, if it's the cliffhanger of one book, fine. Okay. If it's like four or five, like, if, if this is like the. The reveal that like it's ac- it's not him. It de- it really depends on how long we're sitting on that reveal, right? You know, it can be. You can stretch it out and it gets worse and worse. If you address it immediately, that it's really obvious it's not him. Then that's fine, my opinion anyway.
1: No, I think that that I think that makes sense to me, and I like Cloak and Bagger a lot, and I want them to be more. I want them to have a series at least. I want them I to. I just have...
0: want them. To, I just want them to be happy.
1: <laughs> That's well. I have a problem. I have a. I have a. a, a I have some bad news, Eric. Mm-hmm. No superheroes will ever be happy long term.
0: <laughs> what if? What if they look like Natalie Dormer?
1: I mean, I think that would make probably make her happier. I would, mm-hmm. if you know, looking like a very attractive woman actress, I think would generally make people like. If I looked like a very attractive actor i think i probably would genuinely be happier though i wouldn't
0: talk to if you look like natalie dormer it would be weird
1: okay what if i look like um
0: with that mustache it would be strange it
1: probably i don't yeah it probably wouldn't work on her those
0: those weird those weird lips of hers and that mustache i'd feel weird (laughs) about it man i'm sorry uh just telling it like it is are you a
1: bi cloaking dagger number one uh
0: yeah yeah i dug it it's uh it's fun stuff um you know, despite some misgivings, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I am. I think I'm a straight up buy too. Although I think my mm-hmm. my my uh,
0: tolerance, a little there. yeah,
1: I think I'm gonna. And plus, it's it is. I'll give it this. It is $2.99, not a full price title, which I appreciate. Um, that's double by Cloak and Dagger number one. Next up, the Immortal Hulk number one, written by Al Ewing, pencils Joe Bennett, inks Roy Jose, colors Paul Mounts, letters Corey Pettit. So Hulk as a horror book, basically Hulk as a horror movie monster that is hiding. It is a Dr. Jekyll. I mean, he's always been there, you know, mm-hmm. it, but it is a very that is like a a very old Hulk idea of the doctor straight up just hey Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing again. But this time, you know, really pushing the malevolence of the Hulk and the kind of Bruce Banner as captive, you know, as a, like, a victim, basically, where the Hulk has taken control of him and will, you know, that, like, there's, it's almost like a werewolf in this thing, because it's like, hey, it's nighttime, the Hulk is here. What do you think, Eric?
0: I find it kind of boring. I, um, I don't know. I could really, I could really do without this. I, ugh. ugh. (laughs) You don't like horror comics. No, I guess I don't. This didn't even like really occur to me as a horror comic. I mean, you calling it that and like I see it, you know. I see the nods to the Sam Keith and the Bernie Wrights and art. Like I see that influence in it, you know. Mhm. Like I think it's it's pretty on the nose, you know. Um I I just it's not like it's poorly done. Just something about it is just, just kind of dumb. And I just, I oh, I mean, I don't want it.
1: It's very simple. It's a very, very simple yeah. thing. And I think I, I like it for that. But I think that if it continues just to do this, mm-hmm. I will not be interested. I like. I want a like. If they're going to take this angle, clearly they're going to have to have like. There is clearly a. A a, a a context about banner as like, am I a good person? Like what, like what do, is, what is the Hulk? Is, like there's, a, it's almost like the punisher and like, and ghostwriter kind of feelings as well, where like, you know, vengeance and, you know, he, the person that is attacked and, and the people who are attacked are all criminals and mm-hmm. are ne'er duels, So we're not supposed to feel too bad about them being brutally beaten. Uh, And they don't get, they don't die, although that one dude is in a coma forever, so that's not really better. But, I, I, if this angle gets pushed further of, you know, of a banner struggling with the Hulk as this Hulk is now, like, like, I imagine it will eventually, you know, you sharp the Hulk off with someone who's reprehensible. You know, this guy, we saw this guy kill a child in this comic book. So, when he gets beaten up by the Hulk, you're like, well, he deserved it. He killed a kid. You know, I don't feel, there's no pity. But, You know, as the Hulk maybe attacks more innocents, you know, people who are more on the verge of uh, on the the gray of morality versus just being stark bad. I think it could get interesting. And Banner, what does Banner do? Does he try and stop like that's all very interesting stuff? I think this is executed well. I really like the art. Uh, I like the Mm -hmm. I like the Hulk as like he is a frightening thing. Like, imagine running. Yeah. yeah, like you're that little, that little, the gunman who, like, suddenly is faced with this monstrous guy, like, towering over him. Yeah, it can be, that would be incredibly frightening. So, I'm curious to see where it goes, but I it has to push it, you know? It can't just be Tales from the Crypt and every week is like, hey, the Hulk encounters a new situation and he's a scary monster. You know, I need character change, something, something. So I'm a buy on this issue, but you know, it's, it's, I I think it's, it definitely is a horror comic and I think it will be for very
0: specific tastes.
1: You know, I don't think this is a, this is not the Hulk for everyone.
0: It is at least a different spin on it. So I, I don't know. I give them points for creativity. It's, it's certainly not bad, but I think it's very much like, I don't, I don't really need more of this. I didn't like, I didn't really care for it. I think it gets the benefit of being very easy to read, and the story told very simply and clearly. Like, there's a lot of good to it. Um, it doesn't try and do too much dumb shit, but I can't really endorse it. I don't get a great feeling from it. Okay. I think it's just kind of it's kind of not my deal.
1: It's a split decision on Immortal Hulk number one. Next up is the Amazing Spider-Man number eight eric 800 that's
0: that's a few that's
1: a few uh written dan slot letters joe caramania with art by nick bradshaw humberto ramos giuseppe Comicoli, stuart immemann and marcos martin inks victor alzaba cam smith wade von graw badger cam smith colors Edgar delgado ha- yava tartaglia marta gracia and munta munsa vincente i think that's everybody It's a huge comic book, very long. This is basically the climax, the ending of Jayden Slots, almost his entire run of Spider Man. You know, he's been writing Spider Man for a decade. And this is the, he's has, I think 801 is his actual finale, but this is wrapping up a lot of storylines. Um, him, this is kind of, you know, obviously the most recent storyline, which is Norman Osborn as the goblin, but with Carnage, with the red, with the red symbiote attached to him. And then plus, uh, you know, lots and lots and lots of characters, all with, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, Aunt May, Flash Thompson, uh, Silk, like a lot of recent Spider-Man characters and plus a lot of, you know, classics. We are not, neither of us are huge fans of Dan Slott Spider-Man. I think we can all, we can, we've appreciated his ability, but we just don't like what the character, where the directions the character has gone necessarily. But I felt like we should probably check in on this, especially with what happens to Flash in it. Because we, mm-hmm. we both like Flash. Um, what do you how do you feel about this, Eric? We
0: haven't read Spider Man. Are, are old... we gonna are we gonna are we gonna spoil the reveal?
1: Yeah, I mean it's this is a two week old comic at this point, so if you aren't don't want to be spoiled by what happens in Amazing Spider Man eight hundred, if you haven't read it yet, we're gonna talk about it. So wait until we you hear the word Superman, and then you, hear, <laughs> um, yeah, Flash Thompson sacrifices himself and dies in this issue.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not with that. Not down with that. No new no, no
1: i mean it is very heroic it is a very you know it is i i i i wish my i think i don't mind flash dying you know and sacrificing himself having had a heroic death i think that's appropriate for flash generally i just mm-hmm. wish it was in his own comic you know it was it was not a side part of the spider man book i wish it was his own real, his own story. This is very much like, "Hey, Spider Man's bad, but don't worry, Flash saves the day." And then Spider Man, and then also, like, there's a lot. It's, it's it feels very much like you know, oh look, Spider Man gets the 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 Venom loaned to him for this issue. <laughs> uh, this is good.
0: I'm sure it works that way.
1: Yeah, that's exactly how. The, well, the symbiote is a kinder jailer symbiote than it used to be, at least. It's for the, more
0: chill. Yeah,
1: it, it, and, and you know and. It has love for all of its former co-hosts, Pete and, and Eddie and Flash. Um, I, spe- I I, I, don't know. It's, I think the issue itself is good. I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I feel like it, it feels like Spider-Man to me. I, I feel mm-hmm. like my only pro. I think my, it's a problem that I think a lot of Spider-Man writers have run into in that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I felt like I had an idea and then it changed. Well, I just feel like Dan Slot just doesn't write a Spider Man world that I want to be a part of. I mean, I feel like this get like I mean, it's the same thing with superior foes or anything else we've checked in on, that there's a lot of things that it does right. hmm You know, a lot of things that are enjoyable. But like green goblin carnage that's like that's like one of those t-shirt mashups like i'm gonna do mario brothers and skyrim like okay i mean that's i know that's that didn't start here it's been its own art for a whole thing i'm just jumping in and out of it
1: mm-hmm. i mean i i it, well, it's more about us also wanted us to get us an idea of what like spider-man is gonna have a new writer is nick spencer's mm-hmm. gonna be writing spider-man and this is the status he's going to be starting with. You know, this is where, you know, J. Mm-hmm. J-, J- Jonah Jameson knows Peter Parker's secret identity. Uh, we flash is dead. You know, we there's certain things that are kind like this is kind of a, a recent we have uh, Doc Ock back as a real like real character back in a mm-hmm. fresh, fresh, handsome body. Mm-hmm. And you know there, this is where the pieces are going to be picked up from. You know, there's one more issue with Dan Slatter's writing, and it's probably it's like a big goodbye issue. Um,
0: also, J. Jonah Jameson is Mecca Hitler.
1: I did like that.
0: I was really weirded out by that. That's a that's a weird thing. That's a weird weird thing. God, I grew up with the Eric Larson um, Aunt May. Who looked like the oldest woman alive? Yeah, and this Aunt May is like a cougar.
1: <laughs> well, that's I. It's very much the film version of Aunt May, who is Marissa Tomei. Y- yes. So, like, y- yes, you're like, eh, all right, I understand, it's Peter. Like, like that There's certain things about Peter Parker that they just they don't. I wish Aunt May was had died long ago, but you know, mm-hmm. then they changed the. Peter Parker the the people that he he has to save i think they would have wish they had rotated the the cast a little bit cuz it's still Yeah. They did it for a while but Aunt May's always been there and Aunt May, uh whatever. I think this comic is I was entertained by it. You know, I think mm-hmm. it hits the beats yeah. well. I think uh I don't obviously don't like the six artists that work on it. I wish it was one. But
0: Uh, You know, I'm not gonna... I can't... No, they want... Everyone wants to get a piece of it. It's a big thing.
1: Yeah, it may... Oh, yeah, it's a... It's a survey of all the different Spider-Man artists that have, Mm -hmm. you know, worked with him. But I, uh... I I don't, like... I... I... I, Like, I... I've complained about a lot of Spider-Man comics that we've read recently, but this one it not about Parker Industries. It is not... It is not Spider-Man with fancy, you know, a fancy suit. It is peter parker fighting norman osborne um like i don't mind the carnage, the red goblin i think that's fine uh i'm curious to see where nick spencer takes the character
0: and i don't have i hear me out okay spider-man is a nazi oh no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be that guy i i did i mean i enjoy nick spencer i think i'm I'm sure there'll be a lot of hate online for him when he starts writing spider-man
1: all right i'm going i'm a buy but I'm gonna tell you something here before you say if you're a buyer or buyer not, okay? This com this comic book costs ten dollars.
0: Fuck no. <laughs> okay. I I ain't shelling out ten dollars for this shit. I don't need this. <laughs> if this was if this was four dollars maybe. Eighty pages for four dollars? Know, like, I, huh? It is oversized.
1: It's eighty pages. It's a lot.
0: Oh no, it is long as hell. You know they're definitely trying to get you bang for your buck, but this is not bangs that I want I don't know I don't like this no okay that's a split
1: decision on Amazing Spider-Man number 800
0: said the magic words there Our I next slice that book.
1: <laughs> our next books. I'm gonna I lump these together because this is a weekly a weekly series and two <laughs> issues came out so we can judge them as one. It is Man of Steel number one and two, both written by Brian Michael Bennis on the art uh, on number one with uh, pencils Ivan Reis, Joe Prado on inks, Jay Faybach doing art on page twenty one and twenty two, with mm-hmm. Alex Sinclair on colors, Corey Pettit on letters. And one moment, I can get the Heart credit number two is Doc Shaner, pages one through thirteen, Steve Rude, sixteen through twenty-four, Faybach on fourteen through fifteen, Alex Sinclair on letters, Josh Reed on Letters. So, here here it is. Bendis on Superman, Man of Steel. hmm I am incredibly torn by
0: this. <laughs> I'm so curious why. I
1: think the I I think the Clark Kent newsroom stuff is good. I think Superman on just doing regular crime fighting stuff on Earth, good could not give right. one less crap about any of this stupid Lobo lookalike dude and fight <laughs> in Green Lantern Guardian guys. I don't care. I don't care about Krypton. I don't care about he is he is a Lobo alien, whatever race that is. It's some stupid sounding race mm-hmm. name. He is that the same as Lobo. He is some intergalactic knight or some shit. I don't care. It's <laughs> stupid. I don't. Superman trying to figure out who the arsonist in Metropolis is. I'm super engaged. I think that's awesome. Like, that's a, like, surface street-level crime. Superman trying to, like, just be a good guy and fight that and not knowing what's happening. And, like, obviously, Batman is the detective. Superman isn't known as a detective. Seeing him try and do that using x-ray vision to do, like, CSI stuff. Him worrying about, like, having to worry about newspaper sales. Cool. That's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't give a. I don't care about Lobo, Lobo Junior coming to beat up Superman and him He's killing Lobo for Doomsday. whatever he is, and his terrible, the terrible <laughs> costume they have him at the last page on the second issue. My god is bad. It's the it's ridiculous. Have Doc Shander draw this entire thing. Also, by the way. I get Doc, I want Doc, like, I'm like, man, it'd be awesome if Doc Shanner was on a week, like, on a regular Superman book, he's made for it, and then they're like, here's half a book, and then fill in art, like, we have artists do half of, like, three pages, I'm like, I don't, it's, and it's, and it, like, that's the most frustrating thing about it, because I already know what's gonna happen, I've read Brian Michael Bennett's comics books before, like, when he's at doing surface level, street level comics, they're always good, you know, I'm always satisfied. Powers, Powers Inc. Good, Alias Good, but then he starts writing Guardians of the Galaxy or like Powers turning into like some weird mythological combat. Like it gets bad and gets caught up in his in just bullshit. And I don't care about any of that. Like, I Clark Kent, like trying to like hit them, him and Perry White trying to figure out, oh, should we market our own gossip, our gossip about our own like journalists because people would buy the newspaper. That's interesting question. Superman like cash like <laughs> the Toy Man getting frustrated with Superman like being disappointed in him. That's good. I like that a lot. He's like, I went to a different, I went across the country, and you're still here, and like awesome. But I don't know what to do like, I, I want that comic I don't want Lobo Jr. coming I don't care I don't care about Krypton It's blown up It's done Superman's 8 Like I thought we Oh the big revelation Krypton was sabotaged Blown up by this terrorist I don't care I don't care about Krypton
0: What are your thoughts Eric? I've talked a lot Oh god, I certainly don't feel that passionately. I, I, I don't think I th- feel that passionately. Maybe about anything. I think maybe you you need to sleep more and watch less Japanese wrestling in the middle of the night.
1: Don't spoil an apple do Don't a, spoil, don't spoil my next
0: segment, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, your Twitter spoils your segment. No one follows me. I do? Yeah. I guess you're I'm I'm fucking I get your shit delivered.
1: I don't spoil the results, though, okay? I, I, I will give my criticism th- what I feel about a match. I will not spoil. I don't spoil results.
0: <sighs> At least because you're a good fella. What do you, I is- don't feel as strongly as you do. Okay, so it's. Is it about is this that weird a, is, Lobo Doomsday guy? <laughs> is that good or bad? I don't have a problem with it. I do actually find it kind of interesting, you know, the whole, like, oh, what happened to Krypton thing. I mean, I'm. I'm okay exploring it. It's a question that I haven't seen posed in comics in Superman comics. I'm I'm okay with that. I am not as incredulous of Mister Bendis as you are. You 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 frequently like uh, you frequently call him out on stuff. You know that that's that's okay. He's like your kind of pet thing to hate there. But I mean, I do agree with you about what the best parts of this book are. Um, because it is absolutely everything that you said. That those are the most interesting parts. Those are the best parts. Those are what makes this feel like a Superman book, and it 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 just feels good to read those parts. It does not feel quite as good to read the other parts. So, I mean, I, I'm not gonna hard disagree with you, but I'm I'm not like frothing at the mouth angry because they put in like this weird fucking awful looking guy i don't know
1: i'm not angry i'm just frustrated
0: because i am frust- felt like some anger That felt pretty angry
1: mm, you don't know you've never heard me angry uh f- you probably enough. have once or twice um i reserve my true anger for when f- they write when fanon x comes around and he's the french stereotype Mm-hmm. That, that that and candy x4's book that one issue where he turns into peppy lip you i think that is actually the most angry i've been on this podcast um, <laughs> that
0: was a bad day <laughs> it was, it was,
1: but I, I i think it's from it's the frustration in that it, in the frustration i have with bendis and that i feel like he if he just wrote what he was good at every book he wrote would be really satisfying and great but instead he tries to be very comic booky like superhero like the why he was so interesting when he first came onto the scene in superhero comics because he didn't write like superhero comics you know he wrote like an indie comic writer who wrote who who ha- was inter- int- like introducing decompression in a wide scale and like good dialogue natural sounding dialogue between characters that wasn't like this big wooden declarations that his superheroes are famous for and then, but then you introduce like the space stuff about Krypton. And I'm like, I don't like, I want only, I want the earth stuff. And if I want to read that, I have to read the space stuff too. And well, guess what? That Lobo man, I saw in that preview, he's coming to earth. He's going to get there. And he's like, yeah. I'm going, and then he stabbed Superman or something.
0: Well, it would be weird if he just died in space and went back to his home planet. I would totally be if Man of Steel
1: three starts with him just like having a, having a heart attack, and Brenda's like, "I realize that this is better without him. I I'm fine, yeah. sure, maya culpa, got it." <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's not going to happen, and I don't want to read this comic. I don't think I don't like. Maybe I'll check in the trade and see if like if that the Earth storylines are given enough prominence to override my dislike my boredom of that space stuff like maybe i'll check it out but that plus the the weekly rotating artists i don't that's again big negative
0: so i mean that's just never gonna go away at the very least like the fucking batman book at least they would switch off every other book
1: Right, it's you know, there's no. there's an arc of like, hey, this arc is this artist, and then the next arc is that, and also, well, Batman's every other week, you know, this is weekly, so it's gonna be, uh, they have to, you know, um, uh, I'm a, I'm gonna do not buy. I might check in on the trade to see how I feel about it, but I don't. This is not this the the space stuff is soon gonna be overriding everything, I think. So I'm, I'm no thanks.
0: I'm I'm so blown away. This is one of the more enjoyable reads I've had this week. I I'm I'm in it. I'm um I say go for it. Oh, okay. So that's that's I'm really surprised you're a do not buy. I'm a do not buy. Just just despite just all your vitriol. I do not buy. Yeah. Wow.
1: Split decision again on Man of Steel number one and two. Next up very is very
0: contentious.
1: Justice League number one, written by Scott Snyder, pencils, Jim Chung, Mark Morales, Inks, uh Tomo Mori Colors, Tom Napolitano Letters.
0: I I kinda want to let me let me start. Did you read the uh, the Teen Titans teaser at the end of this book? I did not. There was a kerfluffle about this online, because they were making fun of how Kid Flash was like, hashtag save the world, and they're like, oh, why this isn't how you do things. And I'm like, have you read any Teen Titans comic books? This is all that it is. It's, <laughs> they're terrible. They're all that. I swear to God, every time we've checked in... To reboot rebooted teen titans probably three times on this podcast and it's always like yeah i'm gonna get on birder." <laughs> i didn't know i didn't i i saw eight
1: it's it's called titans uh, no thanks it's not
0: it, no exactly the it's only teen titans always Titan.
1: fucking I, terrible there was one teen titans book that i liked and then and and then almost i think the universe heard me like, it was as part of, I think it was still in, in the new 52. It was, I think it's at the tail end of the new 52 before Rebirth. And they, I, I was like, oh, this actually, I really like this. The, uh, it was, it was, it was like three issues in a row where I'm like, the team, the both the writer and the artist, I liked it. And then immediately after that arc was over, they brought in, they brought back in, I think, Scott Labdell, who is, mm-hmm. I don't know, he must have some something on the DC editorial staff, because there's no one I could think of that has been so universally bad as a writer for as long as he has, and yet he still just gets to write a comic book every, every it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what happens to DC, he's always writing well, a comic book and it's always terrible.
0: Here's the thing, bro, good comics don't necessarily sell quality is uh, okay wildly subjective and irrelevant okay here, a, this is a colin space twinks quote that i will carry in my pocket until the day i die
1: <laughs> just print out a tweet and have him sign it
0: mm. Go. No, that's from his twine bullshit
1: oh okay that's... so
0: rings so true it's absurd Okay, I, well... Coming back to this book... Justice League I'm number one. I'm constantly disappointed by Justice League books the same way I'm disappointed by fucking Teen Titans.
1: I... I I'm i going to tell you something, Eric. Tell me. I like this comic book.
0: What is up with this, dude? I don't even... Who who even are you? <laughs> so, like, if if Scott Snyder wrote you a book that was nothing but the Justice League talking on Xbox Live... All day, that would be your perfect comic book.
1: <laughs> there is only a little bit of that in this. All right, there, there's not. I, I, that's not I, as much I, as I, I, I'm just.
0: I'm just so sick of seeing that in comics. I'm so sick of seeing that. I don't Every mind time it. I see it, I want to burn the book I, that I'm reading. I don't.
1: anytime people are taking the piss out of Batman, I'm okay with that. That is funny. That was indeed funny. I, I, I that I don't mind. I'm gonna I'm but, gonna tell you what. Uh, why I like. I think I know why I like this comic book. One, Jim Chung's arc's very good.
0: The art is really nice. It's it, very nice. It's
1: very good. Um, two, I think Martian Manhunter as point of view character is what makes me like this and basically not care at all about any of those uh, No Justice comics. Those, Because the, those, like, the style, I don't think, is that different. You know, this book is very wordy. It has a lot of stuff happening, a lot of hero, like a lot of things going on. So you mean
0: it's? You mean Scott Snyder wrote it?
1: It's Scott Snyder wrote it, but I think because it's Martian Manhunter as the POV character, who is like this, ver- he's very alien, very strange character that is very rarely given a spotlight, especially in big team books. I I'm interested on like. Th- this perspective of the justice league of a member of the justice league who is kind of leading them to a certain extent he is the captain america in this where he's like telling people you go here you do this and i, I his, and his in like th- that It this book like actually is interested in his weird the the weird origin of martian manhunter and how that relates back to being a part of the Justice League, which is you know Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and like you know the, these super recognizable heroes, and then you have this weirdo alien Martian Manhunter. I, I don't know. I find that dichotomy really interesting. And I I set this down. I'm like, huh. I liked a, a Scott Snyder written Justice League comic. Something. I, I the hell is frozen I've, I've, over. I
0: I think you're just poisoned. I think that's you just you didn't sleep you watched japanese wrestling i said lagged i'm fine
1: i think i like this comic i'm interested in this justice league
0: I, i i mean i agree with you i love martian manhunter um and i think that this book might have a good core at it but like i i feel like in that superman book the most of what was in there was what you're describing. And it does look like it's going in that. I don't have any faith in Scott Snyder to stick this landing. I feel like everything that we've read by him sort of starts out nice and ends in a a mess. And I don't have faith that this is going to do the things that I would want it to. And I feel like this is already a lot of non, non Martian Manhunter stuff happening and i think it's going to be mostly that well I, there's just there's too much you, chaff in this
1: you got to you know what eric is not to say to
0: that what's that got of hope no i don't
1: <laughs> i want a good justice league comic all right i've been waiting for i you know i just want a good justice league you know i want a justice league comic that i can point to and say here's a modern justice league comic that i actually really like and this issue i like it and you're right it might not be good in three issues, but mm-hmm. I'm going to oh, yeah. give it a shot.
0: I mean, three issues from now, it's just going to be all word bubbles.
1: The, there's no art?
0: Yeah, there's no, it's just it's just like all word bubbles.
1: It'll save DC some money.
0: Yeah. They'll have to hire three letterers, and you'll have to complain about how the lettering is not consistent. I'm a buy. No, thank you.
1: Whoa, oh, man. Another split decision. This is mm-hmm. setting a record on Justice League number one. Uh, our last book of the week is Blackwood number one, uh, written by Evan Dorkin, Art Veronica Fish, Layouts and Letter, Andy Fish, um, Covers by Veronica Fish and Becky Clooney. Okay. Stop me if you've heard this one before, Eric. Mm-hmm. A murder mystery in a magic school.
0: Mm-hmm. Never heard it before.
1: Oh, okay. I think this is our third yeah. or fourth comic in the past six
0: months that has this, this kind of this conceit. Well, this is this is this is like community college in HP Lovecraft land, mm-hmm. and which I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. also really weirded out that it's fucking written by Evan Dorkin. That's why. That's the only reason we're reading it. Yeah i enjoy this um i don't think it's a great comic i like the artist a Mm -hmm. lot i found her very interesting i looked her up i don't know i am intrigued by this book i don't think it's amazing or creative but for some reason i enjoy it
1: i mean it's a miniseries so it's it's four issues and done uh so that it Mm -hmm. at that point at this point that kind of is almost a charm in and of itself that they have their story, and they know exactly how long it is. And for good or for ill, you're getting that's that's how long this book's gonna be. Uh, and you're right, community college, HP Lovecraft is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. like, I'm like th- okay with it. I think we've said, oh look, another murder mystery thing in a magic school, but then mm-hmm. every single one has kind of had its own kind of attitude and de- like deviated from that core idea to a certain extent, and made them all interesting in their own way.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, like, I really like stories about young people and about being in college, about going to school, and you mix that up with any kind of fucking supernatural shenanigans and i'm 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 there for it you know it's good
1: yeah there's a thing monster popping out of this professor's back or dean's back or whatever and yeah, that's just gross yeah it's really i'm a kind of sucker for like thing tentacle monsters popping out of people um i'm a buy i think you're right this artist is really mm-hmm. good it it has a lot of character and charm and I think the characters are interesting. A lot of cool archetypes in here. I'm curious about what kind of H.P. Lovecraft's going nonsense going on with these these monster guys in uh, this weird school. So I'm a buy.
0: Yeah, I, I we can agree on one book this that, time. That's
1: that's two. We did Cloak and Dagger. That one. is two.
0: We've we disagreed th- on every. We had like God, this is seven books, and we disagreed on five of them.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's and we're eight. not mad. We're not. Well, ain't even mad. Uh, it's I. All my yeah people have I've i've come to the conclusion that most people think differently than i do
0: most people Mm. well i did not stay up all night to watch japanese wrestling keep bringing that up like that's some sort of flaw in my character (laughs) (laughs) i'm stunned by it i can't i I can't wait to hear about it but it's still remarkable okay so that's a double buy on blackwood number one uh that's that is only two books that me and eric have uh, agreed on this week which is i Mm -hmm. think a new record uh, things it's start... just like a divorce. You have to pick which one of us you like more and then go buy that book. <laughs> is, that how... <laughs> is that how divorce works? Of course.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, that's it for Floppy's for Nightly this week. We'll uh, we'll have more next time, I promise. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Checking In. Checking In is a part Show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to uh, past couple weeks. Uh, things we've done, seen or played. Eric, what's going on?
0: you can make me start i really want to hear about japanese wrestling
1: okay i'll start uh i watched oh, geez, I, I i have teased it for
0: like an hour now
1: i always like you going first it makes me feel comfortable i well, I, makes, I can make you do i can just talk forever and there's no time limit because you're not waiting uh <laughs> so uh yeah i uh i'll start with that i stayed uh new japan pro wrestling had their second biggest event of the year it's their summer slam. If you want to have an easy WWE comparison, it is dominion. It is called. It happens every June. Uh, you know, wrestle kingdom happens in January and that is their biggest event. But dominion is the, definitely the second biggest. Um, it started at 1am my time. Uh, so I stayed up and watched it live and I went to bed at six.
0: And I do remember you tweeting, how am I supposed to go to sleep after this?
1: Turns out I was very tired. So I laid down and I did fall asleep pretty quickly. Um, It is without, I think without reserve, the best wrestling event I've ever seen from top to bottom and has the, and has the best match I've ever seen in my entire life of it is the culmination. It is, I will not spoil the results. If you haven't watched yet, um, it is, there's a lot of really good matches in it, but it, the, the headlining match is Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada part four. Um, two out of three falls, no time limit match. They've had three matches prior to this. Uh, the first match was basically Kenny Omega arriving as a, as like announcing himself as one of the best wrestlers on the planet in, in his loss to Okada. Uh, part two was a year ago at last year's Dominion where they went to a 60 minute draw. And then the third match was in last year's G1 Climax Tournament, where they wrestle... It, it, th- those matches have 30-minute time limits, but Kenny Omega won after a long tournament of Okada being worn down. And this match is is Okada himself challenging Omega, because Omega, this is a, a, a the 13th title defense where Okada has broken every New Japan record as a champion. His most title defenses, longest time held as champion, uh... I will also say that this is not also not a controversial statement. The best title reign of anybody in wrestling ever, not even close, even. I would maybe Ric Flair as NWA champion. The only problem is most of those matches were never recorded. They were all at shows that if you weren't there, you never saw those matches ever. Um, but Okada's reign, every single title offense is incredible in a different way. And this is a match with no time limit, two out of three falls to ultimately decide who is better between the two. And it had the highest of expectations placed on it by me and everyone, because all those three matches, those are the some th- of the three best matches that have ever, ever happened. Uh, and like I vary between which of the three is my favorite, but all of them are some of the best wrestling you'll ever see in ring and this match exceeded all of them and it, it is the best wrestling match I've ever seen it is I couldn't breathe the last 10 minutes I, my heart I thought I was going to like I was I thought I was going to hyperventilate I was going so it was it was just it's an insane match uh and like it was preceded by an incredible match between Tetsuya Naito and Chris Jericho preceded by an incredible match between uh uh, uh, uh Hiramu Takahashi, and Will Osprey, which was preceded like preceded by uh, a trio's match with Liger, Jushin, Jushin Thunder Liger, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Rey Mysterio Jr. on the same team hmm. versus three member the three members of the Bullet Club: Cody, Cody Rhodes, uh, Marty Skrull, and Hangman Page. And seeing those three guys on the same page is like it it on the same match. It feels like it feels like in the same team. It feels like impossible. It feels like three supermen. Is like on the same team in front of my eyes pl- preceded by multiple great tag matches uh like a brutal showdown between Ishi- Ishii and uh, Minoru Suzuki in their tag match uh Juice Robinson declaring uh his intentions in the US title against uh, Switchblade Jay White like i could go on and on but the main event i can't i can't do it justice it is ho- it is how good it is it is just, it's staggering, and like I, I've, I've not been this excited. Like I stayed up to one in the morning to watch wrestling, to watch Japanese wrestling live, because I did not want to be spoiled. I would rather it's and it was a Friday night, not a big, not as big a deal. Um, I, I, I needed to see it live. I needed to have it done. When it was done, I needed to know it in that moment. Um, I'm, I, I'm kind of, I'm checked out on WWE. I don't care really about anything that's happening. <laughs> Like it's happening and I like, uh, I look at it and go, oh, okay, that's fine, whatever. I am engaged with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I am excited, you know, and that's hard to find, you know, for wrestling. I haven't been that, I haven't felt this way since CM Punk and Money of the Bank 2011, seven years ago. And this, like, I am, and I'm super excited about where, what happens in New Japan. Like G1 Climax is next month. I'm so excited. That's going to be such a good tournament. It's ridiculous how, like, I, I am. Mm. I watched. So yeah, I stayed up late to watch Japanese wrestling.
0: Totally worth it, huh?
1: I no no regrets. <laughs> yep. Sun the sun was rising outside. Like and I'm like and I'm the match was just starting. It was like five, It was like four four twenty five or something. And the last the the main event was starting. And I'm like and I knew it's gonna go over an hour because their their last sixty minute match went to the time limit draw, so they wouldn't do it unless they were gonna go over. So. Like buckle in, spectacular, just so good. Um, that was my New Japan report. You should watch it. if you're a fan of wrestling and you haven't given New Japan Pro Wrestling a shot. For a, an English speaking fan, it has never been easier to follow. They have the next day they have all Japanese promos subtitled on their YouTube page. They have now, if you listen to English commentary, they have a translator live who will translate everything Japanese for you. Um, the Jap the the English commentary is good. I listen to the English commentary, um, and they have as many like English speaking stars as they do have Japanese speaking stars. And there's and do you like in do you like stories told inside the ring in interesting and exciting ways? The New Japan, give it a shot. You know you don't have to. You know you can. They have a lot of uh, matches up uh, uploaded on their YouTube page, and you can subscribe to their streaming service for ten bucks a month, less than ten bucks a month websites. They have actually, there's some guy uh, guy released a Chrome, Chrome plugin for the website that makes it really good. They should probably hire that guy to design their English site. They probably won't. They also just hired a new CEO who is a, who's, who is Dutch, but is english speaks english speaks japanese speaks like six languages or something but he uh had a he actually had a promo before the the before the event started they introduced <laughs> him he had like a little uh stinger video of him like watching wrestling in a penthouse in a robe and he came out did a did, spoke to the japanese fans and then spoke english um so that both people could hear and he's made he has made made statements about wanting to expand um west you know to make an impact in
0: the west okay deep breath i love I, the, my favorite bit was how you were hyperventilating the the last 10 minutes of the match that's 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 the choices cut right there it's very good um yeah i have a video that game me, that, that that fills me with joy
1: i have a video game eric to talk about mm-hmm. it's called yoku's island express
0: I was totally reading that as Yoshi's Island.
1: It's very easy. <laughs> Lots of I've heard that more than once from video game people. They're like, oh, Yoshi's Island. No, wait, Yoku's Island Express. It is all right, I want you. You know what a Metroid you know Metrovania, right?
0: hmm you know, I've heard the concept. Yep, yes.
1: Symphony of the night. You know that game, right? Mm-hmm. You know Um
0: They are very familiar with that know, game. You know, Super Metroid, right? I'm very familiar with that game.
1: Okay. So you take that concept of, you know, like a big open world where certain parts of it are closed off and you come back through with ability so you can go th- in that new location, right? And explore it. You collect things. You, you explore this giant open space and eventually and fight bosses along the way, right? You know that, right? hmm uh-huh. Now, you do all that and you're also playing pinball. Of course. That is what Yuku's Island expresses. It is a kind of a cute cartoony world. You are a dung beetle fresh to the island. You arrive at the island, and the first thing that happens is a giant pteranodon with a postal cap on comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm the postmaster for this island. I'm leaving your job now. Bye." And then he flies away. And now, so now you, the little dung beetle, are the postmaster for this island. Uh, you are you drag a ball along with you, which is the pinball basically for the the entire game. Um, I guess the implication is it's poop, but you know maybe it's not. It doesn't it's not brown so there's that but mm-hmm. you are rolling around this island and exploring it there's no jumping but there's you know you, you all the platforming is f- by playing pinball you know there are flippers throughout the entire island and you have a left and right flipper and certain like there's different functions for it that those the, the flipper buttons like sometimes you'll open up a chasm beneath you like a little trapdoor that will let you fall and other times it'll propel you forward like a like the um, plunger. On a pinball machine. But basically you're exploring this island. Wandering between little like individual pinball tables kind of. You know you need to open this door. So you need to get a key. So the goal of a certain pinball table. Is to get a key. You know you you hit certain things in certain orders. And you find a key. And then you can go through that door. And unlock a new ability or something. And that's how the game works. It's a lot of fun. It, it's kind of just pure pin it's like it is the pinball table that i've always wanted because it's not incredibly frustrating
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because there's no dying you know that your ball just gets reset you have to start over but you don't die uh and the tables aren't punishing like real pinball tables are because they're this game isn't trying to bring quarters out of you it's just like hey you buy, buy it for 20 bucks or whatever and then you can play <laughs> and you just can play pinball with this little cute dung beetle, and all the characters on the island are really f- charming. The writing's fun. Uh, it's beautiful. The sound is good. Um, it's it's a really... It looks like... It kind of looks like uh, the aesthetic is kind of like an old Rare game.
0: Yeah, I I, I can see that. It does feel... Donkey Kong Country-esque, maybe, or Banjo-Kazooie.
1: Mm-hmm. It has... It, it, it's not... I wouldn't say exactly like it, but very adjacent. You know, it, it has... It feels like it was influenced that way a little bit. But that's the game. You're like, you blow... You, you, you fly around this island, you go from table to table, you explore different environments, you have different NPCs, and it's, like, really good. You If you like pinball and you like Metroidvanias, no-brainer. Go buy this game.
0: I think it's wild, because the first result that came up was for the Switch, and I was like, "Why do you, why do you have a Switch game? But it's for Steam also." I have a Switch.
1: I have every console.
0: I was not aware that you did that. You went and bought a Switch.
1: Yeah, play Mario. After you,
0: yeah, after you raged against it. I wanted to play Mario. Good.
1: It was for Kim. It was her birthday present last year.
0: I buy her also a copy of. Uh, I really, I'm really still the only the only game I'm letting myself play. The only game I'm interested in is uh, still um stardew valley stardew valley for the switch
1: it's a very good video game i like it i i do have a bit of comic book news that i wanted us to t- touch on at least mm-hmm. uh it's not a big story yet but i could be and i think it's the thing that st- stood out to me in the comic book news lately that's not just kind of vile hatred towards a person um yeah deserved or undeserved <laughs> there's been both i think um yes I don't, but I find it kind of, I find that debate tiring after a while of, is this person good or not? And like, okay, so certain GameStops, a very select few GameStops, the video game store chain that has 6,000 locations uh, in, I believe, in the US, certain select locations are starting to stock comic books, current comic books, ordering them through Diamond like a comic book store would. It is not. It's not a lot of comics. It is the Batman's. It is the Avengers. It is the Recon- the Spider Man's. The superhero. The Superman's. The the the, the 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 probably a very select few indie books. The, the sagas. Um. But if that if they do well, and if that expands to every GameStop in the country, that is six thousand more comic book stores that spring up overnight. And I don't know if that's. I I think it could be very good in that it gives people more access to comics that don't have them, but it is also, I think could potentially be bad news for current, like actual comic book stores that aren't dipping their toes in 50 different things that might not, you know, that might see less traffic or Mm -hmm. might be cut, get out, get some, get it cut out from under them because maybe GameStop gets a discount because they're ordering so many more books, you know, you
0: know, I don't know right the the idea is don't steal someone else's customer base the idea is you know maybe bring in those guys from the mall that would not buy it otherwise
1: i mean i thought i when i i heard this news i immediately thought well when i was at when i was in high school there were no comic book stores in my county and like but there were four game stops mm-hmm. and i knew where every single one was and like if i could have bought comics at one of them like that's no comics otherwise I would have bought. And there's a lot of places in the United States where there are no comic book stores, but there's a GameStop. And maybe, you know, I am I am for more people reading comic books. Mm-hmm. And and yes, they if you yeah, they might be only selling Batman or whatever. But you start reading Batman, you go, Oh man, I, I like this. I like this experience. I think comics are cool. And then you they you expand. You know, that's how everyone starts. Gateway Drugs. Is Batman? I mean, I read Bat- Batman, Gateway Batman, Gateway Double Batman, even. Ooh, but that's that. I just I thought we should. I thought to at least bring that up as is like if that actually bears fruit. That's like a seismic shift in comic book distribution in America.
0: It seems like a home run anyway. I I too would like more people to read comics, so comics can cost less money, and maybe artists and people can get paid oh more. yeah, yes, the books cost less people don't have to you know eat ramen and hair they find in the drain
1: work three different jobs in on top of their art of their comic book job yep so Eric aside from Stardew Valley
0: mm-hmm uh well I am an artist uh, what I arted
1: you mean in the like in the intro
0: then, yes okay in in that intro that we've recorded a whole bunch mm-hmm no, I've done nothing but uh make art like this is I'll send you Boy it did that weird. It sure did this in a strange way.
1: It did? What why? Yeah. Why is it the strange?
0: Sent I sent you two pictures and it only sent one. It was odd. Mm-hmm. Let's see if this is it. Yeah. So this is the screen prints that I finished today. Cool. I'll be teasing those out um in a little while. I made 20 stickers, and they're all getting printed. 25 stickers, actually. Uh, And I have a new screen print coming out that I finished last weekend. So it's insane to think. I've basically done all this since we recorded last. You did, because you talked about it. I finished the drawings. But I had prepped and and shipped the artwork for all my stickers, and they're being shipped to me either yesterday or the day before or uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They should be getting to me, you know, in time for Heroes Con uh, Thursday night and Friday, you know, through Sunday. But that's basically it. I did I did my own, like, grown-up screen print. I'd never printed – I had screen printed my own stuff before manually, but I built my own manual screen press. Um, and I'm working things out. Having the right squeegee has made a huge difference having good ink. Speedball actually makes very good, easy-to-work-with poster inks, and I had to, in order to get the transparency that I wanted, I had to, you know, get some acrylic mediums to reduce that transparency. So it was a very fun and interesting thing. I did basically a uh, three-color process print, you know, doing fun things like making a mixed black, um... You know, this was a a nice uh, a nice little thing to to happen into. I just sort of got the idea on Friday, and uh, did the art Friday night, Saturday morning, made the screens Saturday night, printed one layer Saturday night, and then finished them up this morning. So it was a pretty good amount of work. I printed about 60 of them. Between the two different uh, color variations I sent you. And
1: that'll be uh, at at HeroesCon.
0: Yeah, that'll be for, for sale at the old Heroes. When are you going to be there? Let me look up those dates.
1: So, you mean Friday, Saturday, Sunday?
0: Yeah, I'm going to be there all days. I'm just trying to find out the dates so I can say them. It's 15th through the 17th of June this month.
1: It'll be the the weekend after this is released.
0: Yep, that's it. Sure will be the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you download this a month from now, don't go to Heroes Con. It's already happened.
1: Unless it's the next one.
0: That doesn't happen in a month. I wish it did.
1: I know, but eventually it will. Okay. There will be another. I mean, there will be another Heroes Con after this year, I assume.
0: I mean, they're better big. Be. <laughs> I'd be real disappointed if it's not there. So, man, I was so disappointed. I texted. Uh, I texted Rob Ullman. I'm like, dude are you not coming to HeroesCon? Con? I'm so disappointed that you're not going to be there because you moved across the country. And he's like, oh, I'm going to be there. I'm like, fuck yes. I have I have been going to HeroesCon Con since I was basically like 19, and Rob Ullman has always been there. And I friggin' love that dude. He is cool as hell. I, I don't know. I'm, I have a piece of his art on the wall right now, actually. Shit. I just love that guy. So... Next time, handsome boys comics hour,
1: Eric's heroes report.
0: Uh, expect me to talk for hours.
1: Mm-hmm. I generally do. It'll be like Robbie
0: talking but... about Japanese wrestling.
1: Exactly, it's the same.
0: I will. I will be staying up all night to to talk to people at Heroes Con. Eating barbecue. There is a uh, Korean Korean barbecue, Southern barbecue. Uh, fusion restaurant and typically i do issue those things but this is a pretty rad place i think i want to go again it was called seoul food you know spelled like seoul korea yes i would recommend it they have uh some sriracha deviled eggs that um would like i would like some right now
1: i i do want to point out before we move on that three you've sent me three pictures today mm-hmm. all of them are butts
0: that's the same thing
1: no The first one is Andre the Giant.
0: Oh, that's true. You say I've sent you this print multiple times.
1: No, it's a sent you a cat. The three last pictures. I'm just looking at my chat our chat window, Eric. I see your art in orange, your art in pink, and then Andre the Giant's but Box Brown true. Hey. Box
0: Box Brown knows what's up. (laughs) Box is a bro, he gets it.
1: That's why he cut he that from his comic up. book.
0: Squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. That's why he cut the Andre
1: the, the Giant butt from his comic book. Oh, yeah. Um, You ready to move on?
0: I think that's enough of us gabbing. Okay. Let's gab about something else. Let's
1: about something else. We can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerd Book Club. Nerd Book Club is the part of the show when Eric and I uh, sign a longer collective work, discuss it in depth like you would a comic, of, of like a book, except it is a comic book. I get my spiel down. Uh, this week's book is Astro Boy, Astro Boy Books 1 and 2 by Osama Tessica, except I feel a little bit misled.
0: You feel misled?
1: I feel a little bit misled by how they label this.
0: Because this is not the first story in Astro Boy. It's the first of this collection. Yes. Okay. No, I mean, I thought that was a strange decision as well. But, meh, I'm going to shrug it off. I don't really I don't really care that much. I, I'm not I, too butthurt about it.
1: I just... I, I I don't know. I I felt like that's what we were reading. I thought that's when I said... When when we went, oh, let's read Early Astro Boy. I wonder what yeah. that is. And we... You don't... This is not Early Astro Boy. At least not mostly. It is... I mean, literally, it's,
0: about, it's almost ten years into the run.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a origin
0: well-established Astro Boy. Yeah,
1: there's an origin story in this that is basically what Tezuka had, had added to like collections mm-hmm. to kind of show an origin to people who had never read Astro Boy before, and then uh, other like samplings of other stories, like four or five total. Um, it's not that
0: it's bad because it's. I think it's very good. I just
1: there's a little part not of,
0: what you can't it's not what you came prepared for
1: yeah i was i was expecting you know like uh, early astro boy and i didn't expect it necessarily be like perfect it's in the beginning of a i know it's a long-running series that like changed manga um basically like helped establish manga as a yeah as a popular art form but this is, this is not that this is a, a sampler kind of uh, an introduction to mm-hmm. Astro Boy, um, which I, I I appreciate in a different way, I guess, than I would actual like here's the beginning, um, and like literally Tezuka draws there's intros that he of him as a character explaining
0: this stuff. I feel like that's a pretty traditional manga trope, though. Toriyama would always insert himself. I mean, I I mean, I feel like it became a traditional manga trope because everyone was knocking off Tessica, you know, mm-hmm. so many of them just draw directly from his well of inspiration.
1: Again, I don't, it's not that I don't like it. I appreciate that he is just Frank, like, hey, this is how it is. I didn't I don't like mm-hmm. those early stories that much. I look back and I'm kind of like, oh, I'm better now, which I can respect. But oh, yeah, at least he's honest about like, yeah, yeah this is I think you should read this instead of that. I just hope that I, I, I will do more research and see if that's even available in English somewhere. If the early early stuff is, or if it's only in Japanese at this point, if it never got collected, a prop like proper like here it is from the beginning, or if or if it's a weird licensing thing with how it was published originally mm-hmm. in Japan, like they just don't have archival quality stuff in English.
0: I mean, it it is possible. There were several pages in this book, and you you can tell that it would like dip from really clean, nice looking pages to very grayed out pages, and it. I mean, I wonder, like, is this actually from, like, someone's actual Shonen, like, was it Shonen Jump? I don't, I'm trying to even think what it was called in those days. But hit, there yeah. were
1: I don't know what it was back then.
0: Yeah, um, like, some of it looks a little rougher than others, and, uh, like, it, it just seems, you know, there just wasn't an archived page for this. They had to piece it together from whatever.
1: Well, they say, in the, one of the intros, it says that those some of i think some of those pages i think some of it like i one of those stories the oldest of the stories is clearly a worse quality mm-hmm. uh the 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 scan is just not as good but then i think yeah. some of those pages are because those were originally colored and then they when they collected they, it well, they made it yeah. black and white but they didn't bother to
0: save the color right there's no record of what that color was which would also make sense but it's very jarring, and it does seem like there's something missing. It's jarring to see like the black black lettering on those grayed out, mm-hmm. uh, those those grayed out pages. Yeah, because
1: they every all the lettering is you know new because it's in English. Mm-hmm. Also, it's
0: it's been rearranged to tell to go from left to right in this edition. It's flopped. Yep, that was a a weird thing reading this. Um. <laughs> It doesn't stand out as bad and it feels pretty naturalistic to read it this way. But this is this is not as faithful a um. it's not the faithful kind of translation that I like. Like, I like my translations to be really fucking nerdy. And like when they put a pun or a joke in there, instead of putting in a similar joke or even something that contextually fits the situation that they um they just put in the japanese pun and explain it Mm -hmm. i prefer that like i don't i don't know that i need to laugh at someone else's dumb pun I, i would prefer to learn something about the way that book is created yeah and why it works in japanese exactly i think that's a more interesting a more interesting thing like i'm not reading i'm not reading this I don't know, I hate to say I'm not reading it to laugh, but there are some places in it that that really made me laugh that's really like I enjoyed tremendously, like I don't know. I tweeted like a storm about this book as I was reading it. I fucking had a blast reading it it was it felt very nourishing to read this book. It was just like pure unadulterated joy it's
1: it is very pure yeah in in I guess the uh In that modern sense of the word, you know, I think Astro Boy is kind of unadulterately, unadulterated good. Mm -hmm. And that like in a lot of ways, like Gwenpool is, you know, it's very like it's celebrating like this is a way, like this is in the 50s and 60s. I mean, this this these this uh, I'm looking at the pull up the list of the chapters and these are all chronologically in the 40s, basically. Mm-hmm. so like hot dog core plant people the dead cross the three magicians white planet are all let's see 43, 42, forty three forty two forty forty five forty nine chronologically chronologically in the in the stories of of astro boy but like volume three is fifty four and twenty seven volume four is forty seven thirty thirty nine and twenty one like they don't have a lot of early stories aren't until much, much later. You you're, you, don't get... Zero, One, and Two are in volume 15 of Dark, the Dark Horse books. They are in... They are... I, I I, should make this clear. They are in Tezuka's preferred order, rather than chronologically. But, you know, I don't know if that's better or worse. But the, the stories themselves are one, the, the artwork is as good as anything today.
0: Mm-hmm. I really never understood or appreciated Tetsuka when I was younger. Just like, well, this looks really silly and crude. But when you, like, really look at all the pages that he's done and you just think about, like, what a joy it is to look at these panels and how he can draw something so simply and how he'll put, like, so much love into something else. Like, it's great storytelling and it just feels so good to be in it.
1: And I I don't know I think that the the cartoon like the characters are all relatively simple simple designs mm-hmm. like Astro Boy himself is as simple as you can get but the action and the the stylization and the, like you said the storytelling is dynamic and and. and mm-hmm like, expressive, and there's net. I'm never like, oh, this is uh, so simple and dumb. No, it's like, the action scenes, and the, 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 which is, there's a lot of it. This is, I think he even (laughs) says in one of his little inserts is, I regret doing, having so much action, I I wish I had slowed it down a little bit. But, this thing moves, and I, I don't, I never went, oh, that's such a, that, that, like, when there's a big fight scene and Astro Boy's, like, Crashing through something—it is, I don't know, very dynamic and and detailed and and great. I so I don't. There's, I think there is. I I certainly think I had an expect a certain expectation of like, oh, early like 50s manga. What does that look like? Or even 60s Mm -hmm. manga in this case. I'm like, what does that look like? I I imagine it's simpler. And in a certain way, it is simple. But that I, I think it is simple only in that. It, the characters are kind of designed simply, you know. They're not uh-huh. they're not layer upon layer of of obfuscation about what and who they are. Like they have a couple features that define them, and that's enough. It's just enough, you know. You, you know who Astro Boy is. You know who you know every character. You know exactly who they are. There's never confusion, and it's I don't know. It it they he says it's like oh yeah, this is boy a boy's comic and. That's what it's intended for, but the writing is... I mean, obviously, you're reading this through translation, so there's a little bit of interpretation there, like you've already mentioned, but it's not that hammy 50s or 60s Western comic book writing, for the most part. Mm -hmm. There's there's some of it, but it's more nuanced than that, and that's something, I think.
0: Basically, any time I've picked up a Tetsuka comic, I've just been... Just wrapped by it, just absolutely blown away by the level of quality of it, like it it it's 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 absolutely stunning, like basically anything I would compare it to is the highest echelon I've tried to get us to read Tesca before, but it was like one of the worst Tessica books did we did we read Phoenix? No, that's probably good. it's not that good. <laughs> it's fine. It's not this. This is better. Blackjack is better. This magician story, silly as hell.
1: It's very, very. Yes, I, I, it's, I, it's. I think it's the one I like the least.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't mind this stupid shenanigans story, but it is pretty nonsensical. I,
1: I think it's it. I, I think the like hot dog core is a banger. And everything that came after that, I was just like, man, it's, mm-hmm. this is I, this is varying degrees of good, but this ain't hot dog core. And no,
0: that, that hot dog core is a banger. That's um, that's a Robbie quote. I like it. I mean,
1: it's like we three, like Grant Morrison, yeah, like eat your heart out, man. Like dogs turn into super soldiers. <laughs> Jesus,
0: their fur's just hanging out in a closet. Mm-hmm. It's pretty grisly. Ugh, man. I knew that was gonna upset you. As soon as I figured out, you know, because you, you they 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 keep teasing it like that guy's eating shoes, and you're like, well, that's weird. <laughs> oh, they're dogs. Yeah. Um. So like, as soon as I figured that out, I'm like, oh man, Robbie's gonna he's gonna react to this. I mean, is this is this the story where the guy gets bit by piranhas?
1: I forget which one that is.
0: I can't remember if it's this. If it's the,
1: I don't think that's the hot dog. Magician one, the, the dog story. One. I think
0: it's the magician story that there's, that's been. what I'm looking for. I okay. can't find that panel. Oh, uh, well it's, the, it's it, the, it's the one where, um, where Astro boy dies briefly. Actually, I think
1: I would, I think I would rather, I think I actually do prefer three magicians to white planet. I'll take magician. White the, planet.
0: White planet's pretty fucked
1: up. It is. It's like really just just straight up slaps his sister in the face. And then they're like, oh, my car, my robot car doesn't work anymore. Then they just put her in it. And you're like, well, but she had a
0: body and now she's a car.
1: Like, how does that work?
0: Is she okay with that? It's pretty. I mean, it was apparently her choice,
1: I guess. But still, like, maybe say no, you can't be a car. Yeah, it's pretty effed up. You should probably put limits on, like, no, you can't be a car. Stay a person, robot. It looks
0: fucking incredible, though. No, I mean, it all looks incredible. I don't, like, all the art is... It's worth reading. It's worth reading for the art in that one. I think, like, whenever he's drawing these spaceships and things, like, I'm just, I'm fucking blown away by it.
1: I I mean, I, I, I think all, like, it's... It feels modern like that's the thing like this book is like it doesn't
0: like you look at like you have you have 60 years of motherfuckers ripping off Usama Tetsuka and um, and, uh, it's amazing how it makes something that they're all (laughs) ripping off sound modern. Yes, but I mean, (laughs) if you read 60s Marvel comics,
1: oh yeah, you know, if you read Jack Kirby or Steve Ditko and the way they look Mm -hmm. like put put aside Stan Lee's writing. You look at Jack Kirby's art, or Steve Ditko's art, or even John B. Shema's art, they don't look, it does like, there's, no, they don't look like, modern comic, superhero comics don't look like that, like, not mostly, uh, I'm sure there's people that ate different aspects of all those, all those people, but there's no one, there's no one that you go, oh, like, there's no comic that I could read in the 60s and look at it and go, oh, this art looks modern. I immediately go, oh, it looks like it was drawn in the 60s. And, like, not that it's necessarily bad. Like, I like Jack Kirby. I like John Dushema. I like Steve Ditko, his weirdo art. But it doesn't feel like it could have come out this year. Like, you read this and you're like, oh, this feels exactly like a, like I could. We read One Piece. It feels like that, you know? It.
0: <laughs> yeah, I th- I think uh, there's more than a little of that DNA in Yichiro uh, Oda.
1: I mean, I think, th- I mean, that speaks to, like you said, the influence of mm-hmm. shonen manga and Hezeka's, like, creating a genre,
0: kind of. See, it also, like, I feel like this is the thing that I was tweeting about, um, that I feel like it also has a lot of commonalities with artists like Uderzo, Asterix, um, And originally, I thought, well, this predates Asterix by a decade. It's plausible that Aderzo could have, like, come across this. But in those days, it's probably pretty unlikely that a lot of Frenchmen were heading to Japan to look at comic books. Right. What's probably more likely is that they were both influenced by – I mean – my only thought is like American uh uh comic uh, strips. Your uh Windsor McKay's Little Nemo's, mm-hmm. your uh your Crazy Cats, your Yellow Kids, maybe. Because that stuff had been around, you know, since the turn of the century, essentially, like the teens. Like it's it's hella old. And it kind of makes more sense as a common ancestor to this. Crazy cat, I think is the one that's the most sophisticated of those um i tried to look up yellow kid comics and they made me really uncomfortable you don't say yeah like just just, just like every page had a sambo on it it made me a little a little sick
1: and, and this this book has a disclaimer in it but it's there's nothing mm-hmm. in it that i that i saw that was insensitive well
0: the sister getting slapped in the face I mean, is a little bad
1: yeah they're robots though i don't know how much the,
0: yeah i mean well it's still not good when a japanese person does it but their their relationship with race is is not the same they more just they're not aware of what's good and bad they probably just i don't know saw a will eisner comic or all of the thousands of images that (laughs) have come out of our country that are fucking sambo images they just encountered that at some point i I don't know i mean toriyama did one in um actually i think he's done a uh, uh, he's done more than a few i mean mr popo was basically a sambo character and i don't think any of them did it like i don't know I haven't seen Tetsuka do it. I have seen Toriyama do it. I imagine it is in their culture. It's just, you know, at least in their defense, it's not a thing they knew was wrong because I think most of them probably went their whole life and saw mostly Japanese people and, and never talked to anyone that was not Japanese.
1: I mean, I think that the the way that it's handled, and the, like, I, I feel like, if you're if it's there and you like just have this disclaimer I think is the right thing you know it is very mm-hmm. much like hey the culture it's cultural differences and times have changed and like a myriad of reasons this is bad but we're not gonna erase it you know we're gonna put it is put it in as it was originally and show you that it that they made this stuff but not necessarily say oh erase it and make us you know forget about it it is like hey this stuff existed and at the time it was fine and now it's not and that's that's an okay thing you know learn that things have changed and see how they have we're we're better off now certain some certainly some Mm. certain time not necessarily all the time but i don't know it's a i don't understand why people can't understand that when they make art that sometimes Things that were made 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years ago. Hey, guess what? Cultural uh, norms change. Some certain things are OK at certain points and then not OK. And
0: unfortunately, not being a dick bag is kind of a modern idea. I mean, it, that idea certainly evolves. Good God, it's shocking. I mean, to, to, to go back three or four hundred years ago and think of how cheap life was then. People did not give a shit. Let's just go to another continent and murder everyone we find. And that's just normal. It's it's pretty ugly. <laughs> we have a
1: past. I wasn't expecting the degree of kind of intelligent discussion about robot rights and mm-hmm. AI in this. I was I was not expecting. I was expecting a, a much more simple version of this. But this was actually pretty upfront about, yeah, this, these robots, was like the whole, there's a robot politician, robot president and robots winning rights. And like that, 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 that delving into various different aspects of that stuff in these stories. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting and It was a genuine good surprise of, wow, this is actually handling this. This is like, I, I don't know how much sci-fi Tezuka had read, you know, about at the time, how much made it over to Japan. But, you know, it, it, this reflects, you know, a, a relatively smart, knowledgeable understanding of where that kind of fiction was at the time. Kind of given this kind of boy, the boys adventure comic feel, you know, this is, I, I think, a really good use of it. You know, they it it is never. I mean, I, I think this holds up even today to a certain extent, like the story of these robots fighting for their rights, it's not. I think it's smart in that it, Astro Boy is always the focus of the story and his, what he's trying to do, what he's trying to save. And like, there are still things in science fiction released today that don't understand like the simplest of this kind of story of like the simple, the simple baselines of artificial intelligence and robots and how, what happens if we give them rights and things like that and the complications that are, will arise. It's, it's nice, like you said. But it, it, it keeps, you know, it keeps Astro Boy as the focus, and it, that, I think, centers everything and grounds the book, grounds all these stories.
0: I'm wondering what Disney comics were like, you know, in like the 40s, 30s. Does mm. I see some of that DNA? Because I'm, I'm thinking about Uderzo also, who also clearly has some of that Disney influence and... I think, at least in my experience Disney comics are very adventure comic y mm-hmm. which these are as well. I'm just really obsessed with like what's that common DNA? I think that probably is it. Maybe even more so than like the classic comic strip comics. But I'm really like I'm really wondering what was Tetsuka reading? What was Adairzo reading? What 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 cartoons kept them awake at night? That's that's an exciting question to me. They were certainly producing Donald Duck comics in the 40s.
1: Yeah, there was Mickey Mouse was in 30 started in 33 and ran till 1990 and then started again 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walt Disney's Comics and Stories started in 1940, Donald and Mickey 45, uh Donald Duck 52, Uncle Scrooge 52, and then let's see, Huey Doo Louie 66, Uncle Scrooge Adventures 87, Donald Duck Adventures 88. So there's a resurgence in the late 80s and early 90s, but in the the fifties and forties, fifties, sixties is Mickey, Donald, Uncle Scrooge, Huey, Dewey, Lewis, Huey, Huey, Dewey, and Louis. Excuse me. I don't know how much of those reached Japan though.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious
1: because so I can't find anything about foreign distribution.
0: I mean, I imagine some of them had to.
1: No, I mean, I mean, there is a part here about there was an uproar in the 60s that they cause they so they started a european distribution center because the demand was so ravenous in europe they couldn't they, like they ran out of books mhm uh-huh. that was in the 60s and 70s first
0: the europeans they like those uh, those disney adventure comics
1: uh, many Disney comics, originally by American European authors such as Carl Barks, uh, o- Yokin Gonzalez, Sanchez, or Fleming Anderson, entirely redrawn by Japanese artists for local publication. But that doesn't say anything about Disney comics going over there. That, mean, like, that means, like, they mean it's redrawn by Japanese artists. I don't know what that means really. Did it mean they uh-huh. just copied it, or did they do their own version because it's they you know it's manga, so they just redrew it and retold the story from you know flopping it reverse flop so to speak. Yep. I don't know. It's interesting, though. But I imagine he would have at least seen them. I don't know if he would have how how he knew, how much English he knew, but I imagine
0: he would have at least seen the art and mm-hmm. seen the books. I mean, that's enough. You get enough of what's going on. I mean, considering like the started, Astro
1: Boy started in 1951. Yeah. And, you know, there, it, it, it has more in common with those Disney comics and with, you know, that kind of a, adventurous comic strip than any superhero books, any DC books or stuff like that. I think there's a little bit of that in here, but I don't, this does not feel anything like superhero book. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of action, but aside from that, I don't, there's not much, I don't see the, I don't see any cross-contamination. I mean, I like, the, the, the cra- like this became an anime and the anime came over to America and was dubbed and everything, which is also a crazy thing to me. Mm-hmm. An anime in the 60s. I don't. It's it's very impressive. I think that's the thing I come away with most is like this is impressive to me.
0: Lord, yes.
1: Like it's beautiful. It reads well. The storytelling is clear and good. Astro is a is a fun character, and his his supporting cast is also
0: fun. They they yeah, have that, there's there's not a lot of weak points in it. I mean, Tetsuka was a goddamn powerhouse. It, it it's pretty remarkable, and it holds up really, really, really well. Yeah,
1: and like great kids comic, even. Yeah, like that's what it originally was. It makes sense, but you don't see. I I don't think I've ever heard of a child reading Astro Boy in the West modern like a modern handing this. But I I don't I don't know why. I don't know why that doesn't happen more often. I don't know why that. There are people. I don't know. I guess it is an extra degrees of work. But why don't? Why isn't books like this marketed towards children? Why don't? Why isn't Astro Boy still a popular character in the West? Even like there's plenty of manga and anime that are popular in the West. Why isn't Astro Boy kept in circulation? Why isn't he still? Mm-hmm. There's a plenty of it. There's decades of it. I, I don't. I never under, Like any time where. You have an like a like extensive collection of older work that holds up, reads, looks beautiful, works well. Why isn't it just kept in circulation? Why is this, like why don't they expend effort to like hey we should push this at kids? They would love it. It's a kid that's a robot that has a gun in his butt and he's rocket powered and like it's so much fun. Why on earth a kid? I would love this one if I read this when I was a kid. Don't like, uh, like it's it's already made. You don't have to actually like. You just get the license and reprint it.
0: I mean, it's it really is hard to say. That's it could to me. be a lot of a lot of terrible things.
1: <laughs> That's, I guess fair. Um, I don't know what else you want. What anything we haven't touched on here?
0: No, I don't think so. It's a lot of fun. It's very good. I'm so happy that we were at it.
1: It's not there. It I. You know, it's, it's the Tezuka's reading order in the Dark Horse books, but it's not from the beginning. He, he wants you to, I think, I think he wants, it felt, it felt very much like he, like, was a little self-conscious about those early stories and his art and was like, okay, well, well, we'll, you'll read them, but they're hidden a little bit. You, if you get there, you'll have read a lot of other Astro Boy that, and so you already like the character. And now and then you'll so you won't dislike it if the art's a little rougher. Fair, I guess. But I unabashedly recommend anyone to read this. Anyone, Astro Boy's fun. Say fun, Eric. Fun. Great. Just like it sounds, not creepy.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll be it. I no. can do. I can do it in that voice you hate so much.
1: No, please, please, please don't do that. I don't need that in my life anymore. That'll be it for this discussion. Next time at Handsome Boys Comics are next time in Nerd Boat Book Club, we'll be reading Black Bolt, Volumes 1 and 2, Issues 1 through 12, by Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward. I love me some Black Bolt. Wait, how do you feel about the Absorbing Man, Eric?
0: Crusher Creel?
1: Yeah, Crusher Creel, he's, Absorbing
0: Man. He's a, he's a jobber. That's how I feel about him.
1: Well, guess what? This jobber getting promoted the big time, we'll read Black Bolt. Uh, we get a lot. There we of, go. There we go. So uh, that'll be next time, two weeks from today. Go check out Eric at HeroesCon in the interim. If you're in that area, if you're going there, go say hi to Eric and buy some sufferment, buy some butts, and some wrestling stickers.
0: Mm, that's what to do.
1: That's what Eric sells. Hey, I
0: know who I am.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm. I'm not. It's not a negative. It's good to have a
0: niche. Mm, I have a good time.
1: Exactly. Uh, that'll do it for us. We had a Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Find us at Hour dot com. Links to everything on our website Hour dot com, including links to let's see Facebook Facebook dot com slash hour, Twitter at hpcr. You can email us at comics at gmail dot com. If you like us, please go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play Music or wherever. I forget if I got us on Spotify yet or not. If I haven't, I'm going to. But anyway, anywhere you listen to us, give us a good review, subscribe, tell your friends. Those things uh, are, are, are tiny and they take five minutes and they help us out a lot. And We do appreciate everyone who takes the time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online?
0: You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see most everything else I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram. And my Twitter, where I'm known on both as Eric Z. Goodnight. Whoops, as Easy Goodnight. Derp, derp. With that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.